Hello, everybody, and welcome to the final episode of Craven Craven. I am one of your Craven Craven co-hosts, Patrick Romley, joined, as always, by my Craven Craven co-host, Heather Wixen. Hi, Heather. Oh, I just want to say Craven Craven like a few more times because like after this, we don't get to say it anymore. And uh, I'm sad. No, it's weird, right? It was weird to say the final episode. Uh, it's been a journey. I, it's funny because like we were just talking like before we started recording, but like we had to look up when we started this and it's been three years. <laughs> Almost exactly because we started in August. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, like. If we went into August, it'd be three years in one month, wouldn't it, technically? Uh, Isn't that kind of sure. how that, that stuff works? I don't know. I, math is hard. No, you're probably right. I, I refuse to do math. Not on our nope. last Craven Craven. No. Although now we have to rank things, so I guess we are doing math. In a way. <laughs> I I did a lot of formulas in order to complete my list. I, okay. It was, there was a lot of... There was a lot of uh, equations and variables yeah wow yeah you're way better than me the way you just said that it reminded me of nicole byer on uh wipeout when she's like oh wow i we say that a lot in our house sorry shout out to nicole byer i didn't know she was a host of wipeout the new one with john cena oh okay yeah i know her because she hosts she hosts nailed it which my daughter is obsessed with oh nice yeah she's super fun yeah so, well, we we were like three minutes in, final episode, we were already on a tangent. <laughs> <laughs> so our goal for this episode, as promised, is to deliver our rankings of every Wes Craven movie. And by every, I mean missing two movies. Yes. Yes. Uh, because we couldn't, we never did an episode on, what was it called? Night Visions? Night Visions. And because I couldn't rank the fireworks woman, but Heather did. I did. Um, some of us completed our tasks. Like, it was the math. <laughs> the math really helped me on that one. What can I say? Uh, um, so we have 23 movies to rank. I did mine very... I just... I I did not like really obsess over it. I just kind of did a weird gut ranking and then didn't tweak it at all. Yeah, it was one of those like honestly, there's some of them where like on any given day, there's a few that can probably switch spots. Um, oh, I guess for my, my, sure. Yeah, because I guess like my my co- my caveat here is that like you know honestly, I. Most of even some of Wes Craven's quote unquote worst movies, I would still watch over a lot of movies in general, I guess is the best way to put that. So my own bias plays into a lot of it um, where even if something is like, you know, number 23 or number 22, well, actually, you know, maybe the, the, the lower three, but like most of these, like I would still watch on any given day 
I don't think there's a West, West Craven movie. I'm just like, no, I'm done. I'm writing it off. It's cl- one of them is close, but I would still watch it again if I needed to. Uh, I've only, well, no, I've got probably three that are in the category of like, I don't know if I'll watch this again, but my, I think if, if I'm feeling through my one, okay, are like movies I could probably watch anytime. Yeah. I have a feeling it's so, it's funny. I think I have a feeling our 23 and our one are going to be the same. And I'm curious to see what happens in between that. Uh, okay. I actually didn't think our one would be the same, but you're probably right. And our 23, I don't know. Let's get into it then. Gosh. Yeah. Uh, I will let you go first with your 23. Okay. So my 23, it was, it's so hard to be mean to movies by Wes Craven. I think I found (laughs) out, um, just because I adored that man so much. Um, but my number three, 23 is chiller. Oh, that's my 22. Oh, okay. Whoa. I had one ranked lower. Oh, wow. What's worse than Chiller? Oh, wait. I think I know what it's going to be, but okay. Let's hear it. What's your 23? The Hills Have Eyes Part 2. Mm, see? Okay. Interesting. Because I'll tell you what. So, because I had to do The Hills Have Eyes 2 for... And by the way, we haven't even talked about this, but yes, hello, <laughs> world. Right. We are doing the In Search of Darkness book together, which is yeah, amazing and yeah. stressful and awesome and crazy and weird. But so I took on The Hills Have Eyes, too, as a favor. I was like, well, I don't want to give Patrick all the bad movies. Um, and I think because I watched it a bunch, I kind of don't mind it. I know everybody involved with it, but I'm like, I it's actually ranked a lot higher for me. It's oh. not in my bottom 20. Oh, goodness. I know. Shocking, isn't it? This is a twist. <laughs> Ooh, what a twist. Now we're M. Night, now we're going to M. Night Shyamalan this shit. Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely higher for me because I think because I had to rewatch it a bunch. I watched like special features on it. I read up about, about it a lot. Um, I don't hate it. And I think it's interesting too because um, one of the things that I thought was really interesting um, is when I was going through like the special features and stuff for it, and I'm not going to go into tirades about every movie or whatever. Um, but Peter Locke, he does like a interview for it on the arrow Blu-ray. And it, he, he said something that was, that was really interesting because, you know, obviously they rushed it because Nightmare on Elm Street hits. They went back and were like, Oh God, we got to put this movie out because Wes is like a name now. And they kind of, but they had no money to like do anything else. So they just made, do with what they had but peter Locke said in his mind he still considers the movie unfinished i could see that he said he said that he thinks it's like the best that they could do with the with what all the what they had before they ran out of money but ultimately he thinks it's probably one of the best unfinished movies <laughs> that from horror and i just thought that was a really interesting perspective on it because we view it as the finished product of Wes Craven's vision, where it really isn't. Right. So I guess I, maybe that made me soften a little bit on it too. Where like Wes really had some great ideas of what he wanted to do, but he didn't have the money. He didn't have the time and never got the resources to finalize it the way he wanted. So yeah. So that's why I ranked it higher. All right. So yeah, I'm a softie. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I obviously. I really thought 
Yeah, I really thought Chiller was going to be your 23rd. Uh, it's my 22, so you're not far off. <laughs> because it was kind of a slog to get through. It's one of three made-for-TV movies that we have on this list. Uh, and And certainly the weakest of the three, I would say. Although all no, three definitely. do end up, I don't have any in my top 10. Uh, none are in my top 10, but one is pretty, it's in my top 15. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think for me, Chiller is just kind of boring. Yeah. And kind of, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like Wes kind of slept walk through that one. Um, so for me, I think I'd rather watch Hills Have Eyes 2 over that. Because at least there's a little bit of an energy and it's got dirt bikes and who doesn't love Michael Berryman? I don't know. True. And it's got cast members and a dog. POV dog having flashback. a flashback. <laughs> like, I almost rank I it higher know. just for the dog flashback. You should. I mean, yeah. for real. I, I literally almost made half of my chapter for the In Search of Darkness book about the dog's POV <laughs> flashbacks. Like, it's amazing. Who does that? What Craven uh, does. Yeah, he does. Um. All right. So, what's your twenty-two then? Oh, I'm probably going to get some crap over it. I don't know that I care though. To be really honest, um, my number two, twenty-two is Deadly Friend. Oh wow! I have that much. I know. <laughs> no, it's okay. I think it's just that it's it's one of those movies that I think there's a lot of really interesting ideas to it. Yeah. But like, it feels. It just doesn't feel like a it comes together, especially post nightmare. Like the fact that yeah. this is the, you know, this is the movie that he was like, he had to do this movie instead of doing nightmare three. And you're like, what? <laughs> Why? Like, I mean, I love Chuck Russell's nightmare three, but like this, this is the movie that took you away from nightmare. Right. And I, I just don't feel like it warrants it. Like it's, it's just kind of boring to me. I'm like, yeah, the the head exploding with the basketball cool, but and the robot's awesome, but other than that, I it's not a movie that I would typically rewatch very much. I can't defend my weird affection for this movie, which I think You don't has, have to. Well, I th- I feel like it has more to do with like it being super super 80s more than it does an extension of Wes Craven. Like it doesn't feel much like a Wes Craven movie, except that it has a few ideas, but again, it's, it feels more like a weird Lois Duncan adaptation uh, and him doing this attempt at like young adult <laughs> horror that then somebody said, well, no, it has to be rated R. So they added some gore to it, but I find it incredibly watchable. I don't disagree with anything you're saying. And I, I know that it's a mess. Uh, and it feels very tampered with by the studio, which we know to be true. We talked about it on our episode. But for whatever reason, I find it very watchable as an example of like 80s horror. So it ended up higher for me. No, and that's and that's cool. And I, I like that we're having uh, who who wants two copycat lists. Um, me. <laughs> so BB would want. Um, <laughs> Maybe yeah, me. like yeah. It's it's again like it's if I'm choosing between like Wes Craven movies to rewatch it's way low on that list I would still rewatch it yeah but I I guess I just don't have that sense of affection um because again it just I I don't 
when I watch it, I'm not immediately like I'm watching Wes. No, like, not at all. Do, do things. Yeah. Um. So that's I think that's probably the disconnect for me. Um. I mean, again, it's still fun, you know. Yeah. But it's it's still not like one that I like totally revere. So, but that's interesting that yours is much higher. Yeah, oh, this is I, getting I, fun. It was like when it came time to place it somewhere, I was thinking about like every October, Erica and I do these 24 hour marathons. And I was like, oh, I could easily slot Deadly Friend in and feel like watching it as opposed to some of these other movies, which would feel more like work. Uh, And Deadly Friend is like you used a good word for fun, even though it's about grief and abuse. Uh it is weirdly fun. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, all right. So 21. Okay. So 21 for me is uh, Stranger in Our House, a.k.a. Summer of Fear. Okay. Another TV okay. movie. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I like it. Um, I actually like it more than I thought I was going to, but I think... Again, it's still a little slight in comparison Definitely. to some of the other movies. Um, yeah. So, again, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, even if something's in the 20s, like, will I still revisit it at some point? Yeah, of course, it's less. Um, but I, it was fine. I mean, I liked it. I think there's something fun about Wes's, like, TV movies because they feel so California. <laughs> so I think that's, like, probably the biggest parts that hook me in. I like that story, though, because it's a little different. Um, than we've seen from him. Um, and I, I think it has some really, really interesting moments. But again, it's just like, if I'm going to watch, like, I'm going to probably watch a lot of the movies above it before that. So, you know, I, it's, I know I feel guilty now every time I'm like ranking something where I'm just like, oh my God, am I being named in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> every movie has to end up somewhere. There is no consistency really to my ranking because sometimes I rank stuff because of the ideas and the attempt and the ambition. And I'm like, well, Wes Craven was really trying something here and really going for it. And okay, he doesn't totally succeed, but the fact that he's really reaching makes me admire the movie. And then other times uh, I'm ranking it based on like, well, it works on its terms and yeah it's uh, just funny though because you mentioned how deadly friend feels like a lois duncan movie whereas stranger in our house aka summer fear is a lois duncan story yeah so that's that's kind of the irony there is not lost on me yeah it's his other ya horror uh i mean well he's got another ya horror which is my 21 which you're not going to be happy about and that's my soul to take Oh, uh, I'm not my my feelings are never hurt about that. Movie. <laughs> it's high. My, it's 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 higher for me. Yeah, and um, th- th- that's what made me think of the point I was just making because if I was just ranking it based on like ambition, it would be higher. I just don't think the execution is there and therefore I end up ranking it lower than something like Summer of Fear which yeah. works on its very uh low stakes terms as opposed to my soul to take which is you know taking a big swing and it's Wes Craven writing an original screenplay for the first time in a long time uh but just 
none of the pieces quite fit together for me. I get it. No, I, I, I can't. There's, you know, I totally understand that. Um, it's one that I actually was like, it, again, today it ranked where it ranked. In two or three days, it could rank lower. Yeah. Like, you know, kind of, I think it's, you know, that's kind of the nice thing about art is that, you know, you just never know how you're going to react to it at, at any given moment. Yeah. And everybody who, and whoever, anybody who talks about art and absolutes is like full of shit. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I, I feel pretty good about like my top nine. And then everything from 10 to 23 ends up not interchangeable, but could easily move around on any given day, like you said. Yeah, I, that's kind of where I'm at, too. My top nine is pretty solid. And then I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> right. these, these others could go anywhere. So. Right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, so my, I had my soul to take at 21. What is your 20? All right, so I feel so mean. Um, <laughs> I'm going to feel so mean about anything that's at my top 10, I think, is where it's, I'm coming from. All right. Um, but my 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 number uh, twenty is Deadly Blessing. Interesting. Because I like that movie, and it was a really fun discovery for me uh, watching this. And I think it's interesting. Like we have Ernest Borgnine in it, Sharon Store, Sharon Stone, Sharon <laughs> Stone. So hard to say Stone. It um, is. And you know you have uh, also like Susan Bruckner's in or Buckner's in it too. God, I can't talk today. Um, and I think there's something really interesting about like the, um, the, the Hittites community and things like that. But again, it's just, it's very sort of with like, it, there's, it, there's just this, this disconnect where like, I don't feel like it's really saying much about like, this exploration of like other cultures and things yeah. like that. And like, yeah. you know, sort of deadly cult type of like phenomenon and things like that. Like it's, it's solid, but it's definitely not one of my favorites. Although that spider scene is still pretty gnarly. Yeah. I think I end up liking it more than I expected when it came time to sit down and rank these. I, I did look around a little at some other rankings on the internet, which are wild by the way i don't recommend oh, i didn't even <laughs> i did not even look so i don't uh, maybe recommend I'll look it. afterwards no um but i ended up liking it more than i thought because i think it's you know wes craven's not necessarily a guy known for like set pieces but i think deadly blessing has a few set pieces that are really really good and i think it's not as idea driven as a lot of his best movies, but I think it is scarier than a lot of his best movies um, or uh, not best movies, but a lot of his other. I was movies. like, whoa, what? <laughs> no. um, I was like, hold up. You haven't explained that. No, no, no. Um... It couldn't be scarier than his best movies, but it's scarier than a lot of his other movies. I think he's he's leading with trying to be scary instead of like these meta concepts of you know what fear means and all this kind of stuff um so i was surprised at where i ended up putting it oh but you didn't put the fireworks on it anywhere <laughs> i didn't mostly because i, I like, couldn't didn't remember know where to put it, it. 
Yeah, exactly. Oh, well, you should have heard the run of jokes we had, everyone, before oh, we started we were, recording. We we would have had to rate this episode as <laughs> seventeen or something. Um, yeah, there's just like a lot of genitals and like sex and stuff. I don't know, but it was very artfully done. Yeah, it was like an interesting adult film, you know, again, especially when you realize it's directed by Wes Craven, a.k.a. Abe Snake. But uh, I, I didn't know how to compare it to like Swamp Thing. Like, how do I rank both of those movies on this list? Oh, I think we know how to rank it. Um, <laughs> it's funny, actually, speaking of Peter Locke, he actually produced the Fireworks Woman under a hey different now. name. Wow. Yes. So that's how far back his relationship with Wes Craven went. That's pretty cool. You just reminded me of that. So anyway, um, so what's your number 20? My 20 is Cursed. Okay. Which is, again, sort of a murdered movie. Um, Not totally Wes Craven's fault. It just was, we talked about it a lot on our episode where it was a victim of being produced for the wine scenes. And it's a movie that essentially he had to make three times and unfortunately that's there in the final cut um it has things about it that i really like chiefly the judy greer performance um there's some cool well i guess there's like a cool werewolf there's some bad werewolf stuff too but uh there's a decent parking garage scene that he ends up doing better in a better movie um oh my god did you just call what i think you just called a better movie that's all i ever wanted yeah oh yeah as (laughs) as evidenced by my uh ranking you know oh boy yeah um yeah i just can't totally get down with cursed uh it's okay it's it's okay actually cursed is my number 19 okay so that that kind of that's there's sort of a a a, a symmetry there but yeah, yeah cursed is my 19 and i think it's for the reasons you said because i was extremely excited to see west craven do werewolves um i think there's a lot of really interesting things going on in that movie that just never quite come together because of interference and things like that um, there's some pretty reckless CG stuff in that movie that I'm just yeah. like, why, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> I mean, it, it does have a werewolf, uh, flipping the bird, which is going to be always iconic. Um, and that's like the one cool werewolf in the movie. Cause that's yeah. a practical werewolf, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think because of just, it, it is a hot mess. It's, it's more of a mess, I think, than my soul to take to me, um, so I think that's why I ranked it uh, a little bit lower. So yeah, so Cursed is my 19. Okay. I mean, that's fitting. Um, my 19 is going to be a lot higher on your list. So just... All right. Uh, Are we about to fight? Me. Probably. Oh boy. Here we go. <laughs> it's just a movie I know you like a lot. Uh, that is Vampire in Brooklyn. Oh no, you did not. You did not. <laughs> oh, Patrick. Oh, that was like daggers to my heart. I'm sorry. I'm oh. sorry. Oh. oh. Um okay. Yeah, I just I no, I will fine. I will admit that I liked it more when we watched it for our show than I ever had before. Okay. Um, well, that's good. That's that's progress. I that like that. That is progress, happy- right? Okay. Okay, I'm good with that. If we learned anything from your experience with the Hills Have Eyes Part 2, it's just that 
you need to have Stockholm syndrome with a movie and you need to just watch it enough times until it wears you down. And then you're like, no, this is good now. (laughs) It's like, it's like, it's kind of like familiarity breeds, breeds nostalgia, right? (laughs) Right. So, you know, the more time you spend with Vampire in Brooklyn, maybe the more you're going to end up liking it. Who knows? There's a chance I should have done that with a couple of movies from the book because uh, it would have helped my ability to write about them if I watched them enough times that I started liking them. Oh. I won't say I which movie you... it's been. I was going to say, I don't remember you being extremely mean about anything. No, I I never was, but it was hard not to be sometimes, you know, like if you read between the lines, there's movies where you're like, oh yeah, he just not really saying anything nice, not saying anything mean, but not saying anything nice either. Oh, are we, are we going to get letters for the book? Uh, (laughs) It's possible. All right. Interesting. Uh, Look, look, if I can celebrate the Hills have eyes too. That's right. When we do our 90s book, I will make sure Ooh. that you do the Vampire in Brooklyn chapter. Fantastic. Yeah, we should just do the 90s book before they even start their documentary. And then we don't even have to tie it to them. I love this plan because then we can pick the movies ourselves. Exactly, right? Yeah. 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 This is a good plan. So, I like it. All right. This is this is how we win. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of cool stuff in Vampire in Brooklyn. Uh, Angela Bassett's really good. Obviously, Eddie Murphy is trying to do something outside of his usual wheelhouse. It's just a movie that never fully commits to being what it is. Um, It tries to balance horror and comedy in a way that, for me, doesn't fully work. I almost wish it had had the courage to just be a horror movie, but I get that I'm sure producers were like, well, no, it's Eddie Murphy. There's got to be jokes. You got to have Kadeem as this hilarious ghoul. And, uh, but there's a lot of cool stuff in it. Again, I think from this point forward, I could watch any of these at any time. Okay. Yeah. And that includes Vampire in Brooklyn. Well, that's good. Okay. We've made progress. I feel better now. Okay, good. Uh, So that was my 19. We're up to your 18. Okay. So my 18 was The Hills Have Eyes too. Okay. Yeah. So that's where I I, I ranked it. So it's still pretty low, but it's not in the lower 20. Right. Um, right. Because, like, again, it's, it's, it's a weird mess of a movie. Um. I, it's it's funny though because like when I was rewatching, I, you know, watching it's just like strange how like, you know, basically the movie like kicks off with like, you know, they're they're doing the flashbacks, and it's like, um, like you think Bobby is going to be the center point, like the the central focus of the movie, and like nine minutes in, he disappears, and that's that. Yeah. And then it's just, it's like it's such a weird shift where like it just like changes POV like immediately and then it changes to dog POV for a while <laughs> and then it goes back to other POVs. Um so yeah, like I it's it's strange cuz like I, I I think again also just now knowing the production history of it and like how hard it was for them to make that movie um because like the place that they shot like the uh they could shoot them walking into like that little mining town like the exteriors but because the buildings were so old they couldn't actually shoot inside of those buildings 
So they had to like recreate like those spaces separately. Um, and then just like, it was, it was just like a really interesting, like backstory to it, I think. And I think that's what maybe softened me a little bit on it. Okay. Um, and just the fact that like all the, the dirt bike stuff was like really complicated for them to try to do, but Wes was really excited about doing it because dirt biking, like motor biking and all that kind of stuff was like really cool back (laughs) then. And I guess he was like really excited about it. Um, (laughs) You know, so I think it was like right around the same time, like Rad came out or whatever, or Rad was in the works or something, you know. Okay. So yeah. anyway, I think that's maybe, maybe just, again, familiarity just sort of ended up making me soften a little bit on it. Um, will I ever call it one of the better Wes Craven movies? No. Will I ever call it one of Wes's better sequels? Hell no. But, you know, <laughs> I I don't hate it. Um, and I think that's where I landed with it, where I was just like, it's such a weirdly fascinating mess of a movie. That yeah. like if I that if I had to go and like and somebody's like, you have to watch this tonight, it'd be like, okay. And I would just do it. Like it was funny when I was rewatching it, like Brian didn't watch it with me when we watched it for Craven Craven, and he was just like, Wow, that was a weird movie, but I'd still and had fun with it. Yeah. So, you know. So I don't know. I'm 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 a weird one, I guess. No, it's I I definitely would never say that I hated it. I think I feel I mean, sort of indifferent towards it. At least that's my gotcha. memory. It's so funny because, you know, it's not it wasn't that long ago I realized we've been doing the show for three years, and I guess this one was probably in year one or early in year two. Um I don't remember watching it for the show. I don't remember what we said about it. <laughs> like <laughs> it would, would have been helpful to go back and listen, re-listen to all of our episodes before I did this ranking, because I'm sure that in the process of doing this ranking, I am contradicting things that I said on our episodes, which is fine and normal because as you said, like on a different day, this ranking could look completely different. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing too. It's like, again, it's just one of those things where like, you know, if you've just watched something, like you're reacting to sort of being in that moment where now you have like some space and you're like, oh, wait, what was that? Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's totally normal and nothing you have to apologize for because, and also, you know, opinions evolve. Like, so you might've actually felt a certain way about a movie back when we watched it two years ago, but maybe things have changed you know, and how you view these things now, you know, that's kind of just how it goes. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's really fine. Uh, we're at my 18, right? Yeah. My 18, 18 is summer of fear. Okay. Which you had a little bit lower and again is like not great, but perfectly functional in terms of what it's trying to do. It's, limited somewhat by being a TV movie um, and doesn't quite compensate for those limitations the way a movie that's going to be his other, his third TV movie, both of us have higher, uh, (laughs) which we'll get to probably before too long. Um, And it compensates for being a TV movie by being like outrageous and incredibly entertaining. And Summer of Fear is just like, kind of fine you know linda blair is like good ish and uh the i don't remember the name of the actress who plays the the witch but she was fine she was good um 
I could watch it again, but I'm not super inclined to, you know? Yeah. Like if I was, if I, it's one of those, like if I was going through like the Wes Craven phase, I'd probably put it on just yeah. to be a completionist. Um, but it probably would be like towards the end of the run. Right. Yeah. Uh, Lee Purcell. Is Lee Purcell. The, yes. The actress's name. Sorry about that. Which is, which is funny because I've seen her on Password Plus. That sentence you just said made a lot of sense. <laughs> I watch a lot of Buzzer. What do you want from me? <laughs> <laughs> She's in Valley Girl. I don't think I ever put that together. Oh my God, she is, isn't she? Yeah. Oh wow, I had uh, totally forgotten. I actually just introduced Brian to Valley Girl like two months ago. Is she I've like never the? Is she the hot mom in Valley no. Girl? She's not. No, okay. the hot no, the hot mom is uh Colleen Camp. No, no, no. There's another hot mom. Colleen Camp is the is is Deborah Foreman's mom. Remember there's oh. another there's another hot mom, Michelle Mayrink's mom, that like the guy's maybe gonna sleep with. Oh yes, I think she is. I think she is too. Yeah. And you, you get the fake out where you think that he's yeah. about to go have sex with the mom and it's exactly. really what's her face. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I believe that's her. Yeah, okay. yeah, that is her. Sorry. Okay. All right. Well, good work, Lee Purcell. All right, good work. Yeah. From Buster. Good work, <laughs> oh, I'm dreading number 17. Shit. Oh, no. Are you about to, to ruin everything? <laughs> I, I'm wondering if your number 17 is my number 17, because I, re- I feel really guilty about it. But it's just it's just my my take on it. So I, I would make you a $100 bet that they are not the same. <laughs> my number 17 is music of the heart. Okay. I, okay. I can't I can't argue with that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a solidly made movie. It's it's good. It's fine. It's I'm just when it comes to Wes Craven for movies that I want to go back and rewatch, like that's pretty low on that, that totem pole, I guess. Um, yeah, I'm not, it, 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 again, this isn't a raking based on like the quality of a movie. I think it's more so just my own appreciation of it. And I just, yeah. it's, it's good. It's nice to see like Wes break out a little bit um, and do something different. Um, but you know, if I also never watched it again, it wouldn't be like I felt like my life was incomplete. Sure. I'm a jerk. No, you're not a jerk. And I I think your way of doing this list makes a lot more sense and is the way I should have done this list because Music of the Heart is a little higher for me only because I plugged it in I literally made a just I numbered a piece of paper one through 23 and I put music heart music of the heart dead in the center because I was like, this movie is fine. Nothing more, nothing less. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, then, and that was like your bar. Exactly. And you're like, are you better than music of the heart? Or are you worse than music of the heart? It succeeds at its goals. But I'm if if I was being more subjective or if I was being I don't want to say more honest with myself but like 
if this was if I had approached it in a more personal way, it would probably be ranked exactly the same as you. Okay. Yeah, I just you know, it is what it is. Like right. You know, I like that Wes got to go do something different because I know he really wanted that. So I will always appreciate that. And he got to work with freaking Meryl Streep, right. which is pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a perfectly serviceable Wes Craven movie that I can watch with my mom and not have to worry about having to explain gore or violence or anything right. like that. But if you put so. some other director's name at the opening, like... I wouldn't even notice. We never would have questioned it. Yeah. And we wouldn't be talking about it. (laughs) Like that, that also. So, but now I'm really curious about your 17 because you, it's like, it's not, you know, as long as it's not like Nightmare on Elm Street, like I can't. It's not, but it's really not important what it is. So let's go ahead and skip over it and we'll go. No, I think we, (laughs) no, I feel like we have to deal with your 17 first. I'm looking at it and it's, it's How even, big am I going to gasp? Well, it's lower than I'm comfortable with. And I'm realizing I should have put it probably higher. But I don't know what I would switch it out with. Um, It's no surprise to you because you know I'm not a big fan of this movie. But my 17 is Scream 3. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, it should have been higher. Not. Like, just what? for the Parker Posey performance. What uh, in the F? I mean, I'm not somebody to tell people how to, to rank m- movies that they enjoy, but I am like deeply offended now. Oh my God, you are just out to break my heart in this episode. I swear I'm not. Uh, because honestly, before we even got to it, I was like, oh, I think I put that kind of low. Like I, I should have put that higher. But again, Music of the Heart was like my weird middle bar. Um, everything below music of the heart is pretty interchangeable. Everything above music of the heart is like kind of where it should be. I don't know. I don't know. Scream three. I just, I just, I find it very frustrating, uh, for reasons that we outlined on the episode and Heather likes it a lot more and can eloquently explain why she thinks it's a better movie than I do. Um, it well, I'll was... do that when I get to my appropriate ranking. Yeah, it was a, it was a, a, <laughs> a, a, once again, Wes was faced with a difficult production, a difficult task, scripts that were thrown out, new writers being brought in, um, a supporting cast that is, I would argue, a little uneven, um, I don't think the Roman reveal works, but that's, I know that's just me. Um, There's just a lot in Scream 3 that doesn't work for me. And I think I would rather watch. I can't say any of the movies above it because I put Music of the Heart above it. And I would watch Scream 3 before I would rewatch Music of the Heart. Oh, my gosh. What have you done, Patrick? What have you done? But again, like I said, I think Music of the Heart. (laughs) succeeds at what it's trying to do better than scream three succeeds at what it's trying to do. If that makes sense. Oh, it makes sense. It makes <laughs> sense. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm I admit it's this. low. I should have. I'm so glad we did this after, after we got to see each other because <laughs> it would have been, you may, you may not awkward. have made it home alive. Oh yeah. no. Yeah, Erica would have got to enjoy two seats on the plane on a red home. 
Oh boy. Shit. Oh gosh. I'm sorry. It's 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 totally okay. It's is it in right. your top ten? It is, yes. Oh, that's craziness. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Shooting for me, Patrick. That's me. <laughs> uh all right so we're at your 16 my 16 okay so my 16 is my soul to take okay um just because it is a sort of weirdly fascinating i I love a weirdly fascinating mess maybe that's like the howling two effect on me but i will take a i will take a movie that is messy and weird um with ambition any day um over a lot of things and this is a very weirdly mess, like messy, ambitious movie that like has 18 different storylines going on. Like, I don't even know if the core storyline make even makes sense. Like even watching like the deleted stuff and the the different ending, it's, it's, it's a fascinating one for me. Um, but I think there's, there's some genuine things that are like, I, I appreciate about it that Wes was trying to do in horror at the time that it was released. Um, because that time, like just felt mostly stagnant unless you were looking sort of like at the indie side of horror yeah um where like studio horror itself was just kind of like sleepwalking at that point and at least this movie was trying to do some crazy stuff um does it always succeed no not at all (laughs) um but but it gives the old college try so i appreciate that so yeah that's uh that's where my soul's take ended up for me was at number 16 does anything fully succeed in my soul to take? And I'm not saying that to be an asshole or be provocative. I just, when you said that, it jumped out at me that like, oh, nothing quite works. Like everything tries and some stuff comes close, but is there anything I, that is like, yeah, this works. I mean, I've only seen it like twice. Yeah. So again, it's one of those, like, I don't know that I could say that definitively that yes, something does work or no, something doesn't work Okay. because like, it's, uh, it's also like, I'm talking about that movie in comparison to movies that I've watched. Some of them I've watched 10 times. Some of them I've watched over 50 times. Some of them right. I've watched over a right. hundred times. Right. No joke because we're weird. But uh, enough about house. screen three. <laughs> Definitely over a hundred for me. <laughs> um. So yeah, like I, but it's like, it's, it's a movie that I'm probably going to revisit in October. Okay. Just because I, I appreciated being able to like go into it and like, I kind of want to watch it again. Sure. That makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I definitely am like going to watch that again, this like Halloween season. Uh, I thought of something. The California condor costume is pretty cool. It is pretty cool. That is, it's, it's also this weird, in a weird twisted way, a celebration of Wes's love of Oh, that's of right. <laughs> that's where that came up on the episode that he loves birds. Yeah. He loves birds. Yeah. Wes was big into birding or orn ornith- ornithology. Is that what birds Orn- are? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. Okay. Sorry. I get that's, a lot of those weird words mixed up in my head. That sounds right. As opposed to uh Fireworks Woman, which is hornithology. Hornithology, but I ding Yeah. yeah. Like that. Well, I wish All I right. could say so, things were going to get better. Oh, no. What is yours number but 16? But they're not. Uh, my Uh-oh. 16 and my 15 it's, could it's, have... I was going to say 16 is scream four. Like, we're done. I'm out. It's not. It's not. Okay. Uh, but it could have easily flipped with my 15. These movies, I struggled a little bit because they're kind of interchangeable in terms of their placement. Okay. Uh, 
at 16, I have Shocker. Oh, okay. AKA Pinker the Stinker. And again, <laughs> anything 19 and above, I could easily rewatch anytime. So Shocker is a movie that I could put on right now and I could have fun with. It is a fun movie. Um, I find it pretty deeply flawed. And it's one of those that like, if I was just ranking by ambition and ideas, I think it would be higher, but I think I leaned a little more into like execution on this ranking. And I don't think shocker quite gets there on the execution, even though um, it's got some cool stuff. Obviously it's got a great soundtrack. It's got a really fun, I'm going to try not to say it wrong. Mitch Pileggi performance. Good job. Good job. Good thank job. you. Thank you. That's something I learned, I think, from our episode is X. how to properly say his name. And maybe also a carryover from their X-Files episode as well. That's right. Um, you know, Peter Berg is fine as like the dumb hero. Uh, a couple of good set pieces. The The stuff with the running through the TV at the end probably should have been more of the movie. Cause that where it seems that's where it seems like he's finally really executing the idea that he wants to execute in this movie. Um, so there's a lot in shocker. I like there's just other stuff in his other movies that I like more. It's, it's okay. I, yeah. I know shocker is not for everybody. So my feelings are never hurt over shocker. Okay. But it's, it is definitely higher for me. I, fi- <laughs> I figured as much. Yeah. You're more of a fan of it than I am. Yeah. Um, Uh, So, yeah, I guess my number 15, which I feel, God, I feel guilty, but. It's okay. uh, My number, my number 15 is Swamp Thing. Hey, we matched finally. (gasps) Woo. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Like, it's fine. Yeah. It's a solid Swamp Thing movie. It's got cool moments. Adrian Barbeau. But I don't, it's like. I never sit around and be like, gosh, I really want to go watch Swamp Thing. <laughs> like, when there's well, so many other Wes Craven movies, like, you know, it's cool to see him mix it up and like, but it's, it's, there's parts of it that feel a little bland, if I'm being totally honest. Yeah. I, I mean, I would agree with that. Some of it's really fun and you can see that Wes Craven is really enjoying making kind of a pulpy science fiction comic book movie. But he also doesn't have the resources to like do what he really wants to do. I don't think he had the skill set as a filmmaker quite yet to do some of the right. things that he wants to do. Um, so it is kind of a grubby looking, uh, sometimes dull movie that like is a real outlier, like Music of the Heart. It's a real outlier in his filmography. Um, it has, I would say, more good than bad, but that's not to say that it's all good either. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's one of those, like, I would have liked to have seen that movie come along maybe, like, five to ten years later in his career. Because I yeah. think we would have had a different movie. Definitely. Um, You know, and I think for where Wes was in his career at, the, at that time, it's solid. It's, it's fine. But I, it's, like, it never, like screams out at me as like anything that like is 
superlative to like anything else like he's done. So it's like, it was just like, okay. I mean, to be honest, like I might've asked me this tomorrow and I probably might've rank might rank it lower. Well, that's why I was saying like this and shocker could easily flip. Uh, because shocker is probably more entertaining, but there's something about it has a ch- Swamp it has Thing. A that's charm. yeah. I was gonna say there's something more likable about Swamp Thing because it's like yeah, it's like this nice kid that you just want to be friends with. No, totally. And actually, it's funny because like he did so many TV movies. I actually like had to remind myself that Swamp Thing wasn't a TV movie. <laughs> yeah. Because it feels, it kind of does feel like it in a lot of ways. Um, because it's it's not really like explicit in its violence and things like that. Like you could easily right. throw that thing on TV and not have to really edit a whole lot. Not the European cut. Oh, I didn't see the European cut. Well, I guess it's, I missed out. It's one scene that's different, and I only know because I bought it when it first came out on DVD, and it has the PG rating on the back. Uh, but then MGM recalled it because they accidentally put the European cut on the DVD, which features a scene oh. of Adrian Barbeau topless, like washing herself in the lake. And oh. so that's on the PG Swamp Thing DVD that they recalled and then they put out the correct version. But, but I, I have oh. the, the See, incorrect so you have one. like money. So you like you're sitting on some Swamp Thing money right now. For sure. I actually think. MVD is about to put it out or just put it out on 4K. And I think I think both, they're putting both of them. I believe you are correct. Yeah, I think Swamp Thing and Return to Swamp Thing or whatever. Like the one with Heather Locklear. I think they're both coming out soon. Um, I think both the international and the, the American version are on the 4K. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So those of yeah. you who can't get enough Adrian Barbeau nudity... You can now get it in 4K. Are you a Return of Swamp Thing fan? I really like Return of Swamp Thing. I think I might actually like it a little bit more. It has more energy. It's it like do- it totally does. I mean, it's yeah. not. A, I wouldn't call it like a better movie, right? But it leans into things a little more wholeheartedly than I think Wes's does. It's easily the second or third best Jim Wynorski movie. Yeah, I would. I would say that's a pretty fair assessment. Yeah. Yeah. So and it has Heather Locklear. I freaking love Heather Locklear. Sure, she has a great name. Locklear, uh, I know. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all, right. Uh, all right, so we matched on fifteen. Are we going to match on fourteen? Part of me thinks Ooh, we I, might. Oh my gosh, maybe this is maybe this is the synergy. Uh, so my number fourteen is Invitation to Hell. Boom. Did we match again? Yeah, we did. Yeah, I have to say Invitation to Hell is probably my favorite discovery of this whole series. Uh, Mine too, because I think yeah. I had seen most of the other ones, <laughs> except for Music of the Heart and Chiller, maybe? I don't know. But uh, yeah, yeah, Invitation to Hell was so much fun. It really, like, it's just, like, one, it's just probably, like, my it is my favorite, obviously, of the made is made for TV movies, yeah. but it's just so wonderfully ridiculous at points. And like Susan Lucci is having a blast, and I yeah. love that like Robert Urich is in it, and Joanna Cassidy. I'm right on top of that. Rose is in it, <laughs> um, she, who is just like I, I love her so much. Um, also, so good in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Um, 
Like, it's just, it's a really, again, a very SoCal movie that leans into this idea of, like, sameness, like, in suburbia and how ridiculous that can be in the sort of insidious nature of, like, this, like, culture that we build up in our neighborhoods. Like, it just, it's, like, it's so much fun. Um, I really, really adored it. Yeah, I would defy anyone, if you're not sure, if you're on the fence about Invitation to Hell, go on YouTube and watch like the first 10 minutes and I promise you will want to keep watching. Yeah, I think, I remember when we watched it, it was it was streaming on Amazon Prime. I'm not sure if it's still on there, but like, I'll tell you what, I want a Blu-ray of this. Like, we've made so many different Wes Craven Blu-rays happen throughout the course <laughs> of this show. Why do we still not have Invitation to Hell? Like, why is that know. not a thing? Like somebody, for the love of God, pick this up because I would I would really like a good version of it because the one on Prime was kind of scratchy and the audio wasn't that great. Um, so I need a good version of Invitation to Hell. It is currently streaming across a number of platforms, including Tubi, oh, nice. Freebie, Voodoo Free, and Peacock. Oh, maybe the versions are better now. Maybe the one that was on Prime before was just a shitty version. Maybe we'll like get the... a 4K Blu-ray with some Adrian Barbo nudity. Oh, I don't know that that would be appropriate for that movie. But, well, um, I yeah. feel like they should just splice it in. I do like that it made a way. It's made a way. Uh, it's way over to the cock, though, so that's cool. <laughs> so it's, it's you know, aren't we, aren't we shortening platform names now? Is that what we do now? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So Max, the flicks, uh, <laughs> the cock. You know, that's what we do. What are we shortening shutter to? Just the dur? The dur. <laughs> the shud. <laughs> I'm gonna go watch movies on the should. <laughs> we, we we don't we don't have we don't have the mental capacity to deal with multiple syllables anymore. No. Too much work. Yeah. <laughs> All um, right. Well, this is where it's gonna get interesting. So, like, we're okay. So we're at number thirteen, huh? Yeah. Okay. So, like. My number 13, I know, I know in my heart of hearts, I should have ranked it higher, but I'll be really honest because of the nature of the movie. It's just not a Wes Craven movie. I watch very often. I think it's, I think it's full of brilliant performances, but I feel gross when I watch it. So you pretty much know what this is, Um, but my my number 13 is is the last house on the left. Yeah. I can't. I never. I can't I'm disagree never with gonna, any of that. Yeah, like, I'm never going to argue the legacy of this movie. It's shocking. It's perverse. <clears throat> um, it's it's unhinged. It's it's unsettling. Like, it redefines the word unsettling in a lot of ways. Um, I, I do think it's probably one of, you know, if I was if I was ranking movies like Wes did, like, based on, like, their legacy and, like, his craft, Technically, this would be a top five movie, I think, because I think it changed a lot uh, for him, for the genre and things like that. Me personally, if I never watch Last House on the Left again, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, You know, and if people have it higher on their personal Wes Craven lists, I say I totally can see where you're coming from. And I agree with you for me personally. That's where it's at, because I just I you know, it's it's just a tough movie. It is. It's um <clears throat> I remember weirdly enough, I have a, a much stronger memory of recording that episode from three years ago than I do some of the more recent episodes. 
Uh, because I remember for that episode, not only did we watch Last House on the Left, we also we also watched Fireworks Woman. Did we get to where you would rank that yet? Uh, Fireworks Woman. Yeah. Oh, I was going to rank that because uh, I had twenty four, so she that was actually going to be uh, number twenty three. Okay, got it. Okay. So I put I still put Chiller below it. <laughs> <laughs> I would rather watch a brother and sister fuck than watch Chiller again. I um, mean, what are you going to do, man? <laughs> thanks a lot, Paul Servino and Chiller. <laughs> bless and bless um, his soul. We watched Fireworks Woman, and then I watched that terrible movie that that wrestler directed called Chaos, which was like a complete ripoff slash remake of The Hills, or not The Hills of Eyes, Last House on the Left. Last House on the Left. Oh, okay. And again, if you really want to appreciate just how well-made Last House on the Left is, and by well-made, it's like... In a lot of ways, it's not well made. In a lot of ways, it's just, it's such a crude, um, it's so raw and like almost like he's stumbling upon things by accident at times. But uh, there's greatness in it, obviously. Uh, But if you want to appreciate it, just watch this movie Chaos. It's a little higher for me, but not. Not a lot higher for the same reasons you outline. Like it's impossible yeah. to argue with the power of that movie, <laughs> but it's also, you know, I've said time and again, like everything vampire in Brooklyn and above, I could watch any time. There's a little asterisk on that statement. Next to that one. Yeah, exactly. Um, Cause it is tough. It is. Yeah. And it's like, again, I feel guilty, but at the same time, like, right, right. right. 12, 12 through one, I would definitely watch at any given point over before that. So, okay. yeah. So what's your number 13? My 13, we talked about before, it was a lot lower for you. It's Deadly Friend. And okay. again, it's it. this one is so subjective. Like other ones, like Music of the Heart is my 12. I'll just give that away because I put it dead center. Um, for like weird objective reasons where I'm like, no, he set out exactly what he was trying to do. And then I put deadly friend way too high because I'm like, well, I would feel like watching that before I would feel like watching anything below it. But I can't, I would never make the case that it's a better movie because a lot of the movies that I ranked beneath deadly friend have more to offer. Uh, But for some reason, there's something about the 80s craziness of Deadly Friend that really appeals to me. Yeah, no, I it's it's totally cool. And again, it's like one of those like, you know, the heart wants what the heart wants, Patrick, sometimes. And sometimes the heart wants BB. Sometimes the heart heart wants BB. Sometimes it wants music. You know, what are you going to (laughs) do? You got to give it you got to give it what it wants. I do. All good. Uh, so we're at your 12. All right. So your 12 is music of the heart. My 12 is music of the heart, which I have nothing to say about, except that for me, this was like the, the equator, (laughs) the equator, the (laughs) equator of Wes Craven films. Um, yeah. So my number 12, uh, was vampire in Brooklyn. Okay. I can see that. Um, yeah, I just, it's again, pure nostalgia. Um, I've always enjoyed it. I actually really like the comedy be- beats to it. Um, I love Angela Bassett in it. Um, so yeah, like John Witherspoon. Like, ah, uh, it's just, it's it's super fun for me. 
Um, so yeah, that's why I have it ranked higher. Um, again, I know it's a movie that like, I know Wes and Eddie clashed. I know Wes clashed with the studios. Um, so, you know, I know it's not a perfect movie by any means, but I really dig it. And I still watch it uh, with some regularity. It probably gets watched at least like once a year for me. I saw some rankings. I only looked at a few online, but at least one of them had it dead last. Oh, I need a name. <laughs> I need a name because I'm going to go fight. <sighs> I don't remember. I don't want to tell people they're. I don't want to tell people who, their opinions are wrong, but that opinion is wrong. Uh, yeah, right. Like, like on. it's not one of his best, but that is definitely not his worst. Um, I'm looking at Bloody Disgusting did a ranking in 2015. And did they rank it last? Oh my God. If you tell me it's somebody that I know that I'm going to have to fight. Uh, it is. It so is bad. somebody that, you know, and technically it's not last. Uh, the fireworks woman is last. Okay. Fireworks woman is 26 because oh, they okay, also so ranked the segment from Paris. Jetem. Oh, okay. So that's why there's an extra, but vampire in Brooklyn is 25. Who is it? It's Trace Thurman. Oh, Trace. Come on now. <laughs> oh, come on. But it was Such 2015. It was a different time. Such a millennial. Maybe, maybe Trace's opinions have changed. I know. I like Trace. I'm just joking. He's yeah. he's cool. Yeah. Um, but he should get off my lawn for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, Vampire in Brooklyn, like. I think the Blu-ray was announced right at the same time that we It was like literally started. right after we did our like it was like it was like literally the second episode I think we did and they were like Vampire Brooklyn and we were like what okay Yeah, yeah. And so I ordered it cuz I was like well I'll have it to watch when our show comes around and I'm glad that I have it as part of my collection because I know that I will rewatch it Cool Yeah That's that's, that's all I wanted <laughs> Uh all right so that was your 12 what's your 11 um, so my 11 is, uh, the Hills have eyes. Okay. Um, again, really well-made movie, really effective, really brutal. Um, it doesn't quite have the rewatchability for me as some of my movies that are ranked higher. Um, but I think it's great. I think it's like a really, I think it's, it's, it's a really good showcase for it, it, it's brutal, but not in the same way that like last house on the left is, mm-hmm. um, even though it's gets has some similar undertones to it but it's just like i think for somebody who used to regularly like drive across the country it's super effective in that way and in like capturing sort of the isolation that you can feel yeah um specifically as somebody who used to drive around a lot by herself right uh in like weird places um so yeah so i i think it's really good i I think there's, to be really honest, if I had to choose between Wes's Hills Have Eyes or Aja's Hills Have Eyes, I think Aja's is a little better. I And I feel I feel like a jerk ass saying that, but I kind of think it's true. No, I have always made that case that it wasn't honestly until I rewatched Wes's for our show that I was like, well, they're pretty close. Like, I, I liked the Wes Craven original way more than I ever had when I rewatched it for our show, because I was always of the 
of the mentality that the remake was better. And now I think it's a tighter race than I used to think. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I mean, Oz just has a little bit more of a polish to it. For so sure. it's hard to like, it's hard to sort of like hit that against like the grungy micro budget right, right, that right. Wes had for his, exactly. because it's like Aja's was a studio, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he had more to work with where Wes was just out there making a movie for like $300,000 or whatever it was. Right. Um, so I, I have to applaud that ambition. Um, and it's, it's extremely effective. Um, I don't know if, if things totally work with like the cannibals, um, because do we ever actually see them eating anybody? I don't think so. Like that's it's... the one thing about like can, like you know mountain dwelling cannibal movies is like I need some cannibalism, <laughs> and I don't think we actually get any from either movie, which is kind of a bummer. Uh, we do at least it's not cannibalism, but in the Aja remake, we we get him eating the bird, which is really gross. Yeah, that is gross. Um, so yeah, so like it's. Again, it's a really it's 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 one of those statement movies I think from Craven at that point in his career, um, like a guy who I think was still trying to figure out what his voice was. Yeah. At that time, um, so it's still fascinating to watch like under that lens, but you know, it's not like one of the movies that I would go to immediately to yeah. be like, oh, I want to watch a West movie. I'm gonna right. have those Right. Like if I'm watching movies about like road trips, like, <clears throat> and I needed something unnerving to watch, like to pair it up with like the Hitcher or something. I'm like, <laughs> ah, Hills have eyes. Here we go. Right. So yeah, right. So that's where I have it there. So what's your number eleven? My eleven is Scream Four. Oh God, you are well, just. I'm not trying to be a dick. I, I it very oh. nearly cracked my top ten, which I thought was pretty good. Oh, okay. It's in the upper half of Wes's filmography, which is pretty good. It's much higher than it would have been before we did our show on it. Okay. Um, All right. I don't really have much bad to say about it. There's still things that don't work for me, but I like more about it than I don't like, which didn't used to be the case. I've, I've flipped on it, and so much of that is thanks to you. Uh, beating the drum for it all these years because you've kind of inspired. I just, me I just to... beat people into submission over screen. Yeah, like you're well, gonna like this movie, damn it. I think between <laughs> you, you know, trying to convince me that it's good and 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 getting me to <laughs> revisit it, you know, and America catching up to it, <laughs> like, oh, what he's making fun of has now become the world. Uh. It's a better movie than it was in whatever 2011. 2011. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it probably, I, I almost flipped it with my 10, but I was just now, but then I was like, no, that would be unfair. Uh, so I'm trying to not touch the list because I really did go with my gut when I sat down to make it, but it could be in the top 10. It's it's all good. You don't have to apologize. It's totally I'm fine. Not- like I said, like, you know, it's Craven. Like they're all good. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, it's 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 all good. I'll, I'm only gonna cry for about five minutes after we're done. It's oh, fine. that's not bad. No, no, it's all good. It's it's less than I thought I would. <laughs> One day we will have words about Scream Three, but that's okay. Oh, you know, <laughs> I don't know if I'm ever coming around on Scream Three. Oh, 
it's okay. One day you're gonna like take the stick out of your butt. And it'll be fine. And it's you'll possible. It's, it's you'll get there. You'll get I, there. I might. I think I've enjoyed as I much of Scream Three text. as I'm going to. Yeah, right. The stick is one out. day. I'm I gonna get Scream a text. One. You're like, what do you have? You're. I'm gonna get a text and be like, you know, Scream Three is actually not that bad. I'd be like, aha! <laughs> Finally, we're gonna be like 75 years old, but I'm like, I'll take it. I, I, I I'm a patient person, Patrick. I've got I've right. got all the time. Good, good, good. <laughs> awesome. Okay, cool. So what is uh Your, oh, so we're at 10 now? Yeah, we're in our top 10. <laughs> all right. Which will probably go a little so, faster because I think we've talked about some of these movies already, but yeah, some of them. Uh yeah, so my number 10 is Shocker. Okay. I um Pinker the Stinker just scared the crap out of me as a kid, so um, and I still find it weird. Uh, again, weirdly fascinating will always get me. Sure. Um, and I and I actually kind of hate Peter Berg in the movie. Understandable. Um, but like, I still love that weird little movie anyway. I don't know how to explain it. It's like this weird bastard child of Nightmare on Elm Street. Like you could have put a Nightmare on Elm Street 2 on it. And I'd been like, sure. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's like it's like the best Nightmare on Elm Street movie without Freddy Krueger, I guess is the best way to put it. So, um, yeah. So Shocker is my number 10. Okay. Uh, my 10 is way higher than I thought it would be because it was much lower for you. And that's deadly blessing. Okay. Uh, Which probably if, if invitation to hell was my favorite discovery, uh, deadly blessing was probably my biggest bump through this series where i was like it was a movie i felt kind of indifferent about and then when we watched it for our episode i was like no that's actually pretty creepy and pretty good um i guess i just appreciate that he was really trying to do scary in a way that wasn't just the world is awful and trying to kill you which is kind of what he had done with hills have eyes and last house on the left where it was just about brutality uh, and like, don't leave your house because it's unsafe in the world. Deadly Blessing is more just like, look, I'm creepy. Um, I don't know. I, I was surprised by how well it worked for me this time. Could it also be number 20? Yes. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's a fair assessment. I think for me, though, like, I wish I wish he'd push things a little further. Yeah, this is um, one uh, you had said this about Swamp Thing, but Deadly Blessing, with the exception of like a few scenes, could totally be a TV movie. Yeah, for sure. Hmm, I wonder how much synergy we're going to have in our top nine. This is going to be interesting. A lot of the movies will be the same. They'll just be placed a little differently, I suspect. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, my number nine... And again, maybe this should be higher because it's an incredibly well-made movie. Um, but again, I think maybe my nostalgia for it isn't as strong as the others. Um, but it's Red Eye. Okay. Um, I mean, and also like Killian right now is like the man of the hour. Yeah, he people, sure is. So right? which is pretty awesome. Um, he is I am death or whatever. <laughs> I'm the bringer of death that he really is in this movie or whatever it is that they yeah. in Oppenheimer. Um yeah, it's an incredibly well-made movie. I love him. I love Rachel McAdams in it. Um it just moves. It doesn't waste a single frame. Um it's incredibly well crafted in terms of like 
the setups, um, even the little set pieces in the plane, like how do you make that even work um, visually and keep it in, engaging for audiences? And he does it really, really well. Yeah. Um, so if I'd been in a different mood, Red Eye could have been a lot higher. Um, but I'm also, again, a slave to my own nostalgia. So yeah, it was my number nine. Okay. My yeah. nine is uh, my nine is last house on the left for reasons that you already outlined. Um, I couldn't put it much higher because it's so deeply unpleasant. But then when I wanted to put it lower, I thought of that scene after they spoilers killed a girl and Wes Craven just allows us to like sit with them for a minute as they feel kind of horrified and ashamed of what they've done. And I was like, I have never seen a movie do that before. Um, And so for that reason alone, I think it deserves a spot in my top 10, but pretty low in my top 10. Gotcha. No, I get it. I get it. Yeah. And again, it's like, it's hard to argue the influence and the effectiveness of that movie. Yeah. You know, I mean, what a debut. Yeah. Wow. And again, it doesn't all work. There's like wacky cop comedy that doesn't fit. And, you know, there's like weird shit going on in that movie that happens as a result of a guy not knowing any better, but he stumbles into some incredible moments too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, All right. You're eight. All right. Well, my eight is scream three. Okay, good. Um, because I love anything that is grown up Scooby Doo. <laughs> Scream Three is very much Wes Craven doing grown up Scooby Doo. Um, I will always love it. I will always defend it. Um, it's been validating to see people come around on Scream Four. A little bit more people are lessening their their meanness towards Scream Three. We're not quite there yet. Um, but yeah, I mean the the the, the only two missteps for me in that movie are. Uh, the Randy video and the Jane Silent Bob. And to me, I actually like the Jane Silent Bob because I'm a weirdo that loves that stupid shit. Um, <laughs> so that's totally a personal choice. Yeah. Um, I know everybody else has problems with it. Totally fine. Um, but I swear to God, if somebody tells me that the biggest problem with that movie is Gail's bangs, I will hunt them down <laughs> and find them because that's the dumbest. Th- that's like, yeah, a, that's just a, ignorant. Like that's, that's just being, you know, a jerk to be a jerk. Um, and also not Courtney's fault because apparently David Arquette talked her into that haircut. So interesting. Um, yeah, he wanted he thought she looked cool with a Betty Page type haircut, well. so she did it. And there we go. <laughs> so if you want to be mad at anybody, everybody be mad at David Arquette, but don't because he's a lovely person. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so Scream Three was my number eight. All right. My eight yeah. is Red Eye, which was your nine. Okay. And again, for all the same reasons. Uh. I think it shows if you were to watch my eight and nine back to back, it would be last house on the left and then red eye. And you can really appreciate how far Wes Craven has come just as a technical filmmaker, uh, which is what's really on display in red eye. Just like how good of a director he became. Um, Yeah. But there's other movies that offer more of him which is why I have it at eight instead of higher. Gotcha. All right. I wonder if our number seven might be the same. Let's see. Uh, Mm -hmm. My number seven is the people under the stairs. 
I have it a little bit higher. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I think for me, the people under the stairs was like this really eye-opening moment for me. Um, because like, I mean, I was a kid who always grew up poor. Um, but I, I, it wasn't like, I think it was the first movie that sort of made me understand classism and racism in a different way than like the ways you get taught about it in school and things like that. Cause this yeah. is sort of like my first real, like, cause it was pre like before seeing like boys in the hood and things like that. So like this to me was like my introduction to like these topics. Um, and it was horrifying. <laughs> and, but then you also have this really black comedy about like this couple you know, who are dressing up in weird fetish outfits and, you know, but it's like the hoarding of wealth and it's right, the, the right. treatment of communities of color and how shitty that is. And especially in like Los Angeles, like that's stuff I'm watching happen in real time right now. Yeah. Um, Cause like when I moved here, like I lived in Silver Lake, which is like right on the cusp of Echo Park and Echo Park was a really diverse neighborhood. And now it's like, prime, like, I would say at least 60% white people now. And like, mm. it's because gentrification has taken over. And so these, you know, people are getting pushed out of their communities because landlords can make all this money. Right. Um, so yeah, I think, I think it was like this, it was like a scary movie to me. It was weird and twisted and had this like undercurrent of comedy, but like also like dealt with some issues that I just had not been exposed to at that time. Um, so for me, it was like, it became a really important movie. I think for me, um, just as a person, not even just as a movie, but just as a person where it, it was one of the first movies that kind of made me open up my eyes as a kid to the shit that other people have to deal with and be like a little more empathetic and try to be more understanding. Yeah. So I, I, yeah. and I, I applaud Wes for doing that. I, I love that he made his message movie inside of, I think one of his, funniest and his most entertaining like purely entertaining movies um i think that movie is a blast even though it's saying some really profound and and troubling and sad things uh but yeah it i i've got it a little bit higher uh my seven is scream two okay interesting which i really like i've got nothing negative no, to no, no, say no. uh except that I think it's so well made. I think it's a really good sequel. It's just, yeah, it's, no, it's, it's not scream, you know? <laughs> no, totally. And the thing is, it's like a scream two is actually my number six. Okay. So it's like, it's like now we're going to like have all these little tumblers. Falling right. Exactly. Place. Yeah. Um, But yeah, like I, for me, like in, if you'll notice scream two is being ranked below a different scream I sequel. I did notice as soon as you said it. <laughs> Um, but I think it, it, it's for those reasons. Like it's it's a really great scream sequel. It's got some fantastic set pieces. Absolutely. But it's not it's not saying things that I think the others are saying. Um, I actually think that there's some some underlying storylines in Scream Three that maybe are even stronger than in Scream that we see in Scream Two. Okay. Um, like Scream Two is just a really good slasher sequel. Yes. But I don't think that's you know, it's trying to do anything more than that, if right. that makes sense. But it does it incredibly well. You know, I would agree with I, there's that. like 
yeah, like the scenes with like Gail being chased like through the soundproof booths and like the the Cassandra dance sequence, um, which was choreographed by Adam Shankman, who did hairspray, really great stuff. Like, you know, even the reveal of Mrs. Loomis is so weird but perfectly weird. Um, but yeah, like it's 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 a really good sequel. I think for me, like the screen movies, because of how some of the other ones had more to say about different topics you know and it's weird to say that because i rank scream three lower but like they at least had something yeah. to talk about you know so scream two rules it's awesome i watch it a lot um that's definitely in my over a 100 viewings club um, i figured yeah but yeah i just i i couldn't rank it higher yeah i get it and that's so weird it's so weird uh, my six is going to be a little higher on your list, and it's the serpent and the rainbow. Mm, yes, it's higher on my list. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's great. I think it's Wes's most adult movie outside of the Fireworks Woman. Uh, <laughs> I think it, obviously it's got one of my very favorite actors, Bill Pullman, giving one of his very best performances. It's filled with ideas. It's genuinely scary. Uh, I probably could have ranked it higher. It just comes down to kind of preference, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we could, we'd have a little bit more like when we get there. I mean, it's kind of funny because like right now we're just sort of splitting hairs. Yeah. With, these, yeah, like, yeah. Top, with like the top 10. Right. Um, but yeah, I think for me, it's like, the, I, I, I miss the, the feeling of being scared while watching a horror movie. Cause it doesn't happen very often for me anymore. Cause I'm dead inside. <laughs> but I will tell you, anytime I rewatch Serpent in the Rainbow, still to this day, like I get sweaty palms. I get really unnerved. Um, it's just an incredibly frightening movie, I think, because I think it says some profound things about life and death. I think it deconstructs the idea of white saviorism, uh, the white savior, because Bill Pullman is so out of his freaking league there. And even though he comes back, it's not necessarily because he's the one who's triumphant. There's other forces that are triumphant. So I think it like takes that idea and it says, screw that. Like this, this guy is so out of his element. Um, you know, like he's, he's got genuinely good natured and he wants to help and he knows he has to go back, but like, it's not just him. Who's going to save the day. Like there yeah, are other forces right, at work. Right. Um, and I think, you know, it's one of those movies that like, I think is super profound in a lot of ways that like, I feel that movie every time I watch it. Sure. You know, um, where maybe like some of the screams, I just watch it because they're entertaining, but I feel Serpent in the Rainbow. Like that's not a movie I can work during because I just get pulled in and it's Mm -hmm. so good. And Zake Smokey, like is probably one of Craven's best villains. Like I think up there with David Hess. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, top five, Patrick. Top five. Whew. Yeah, so my number five is Scream 4. Okay, makes the top five. You have four Scream movies in your top ten and two Screams in your top five. Yeah, I do. I do. Um, yeah, it's just, I mean, I've talked at nauseam about Scream 4 for like 12 years now, so I don't even know what else to say about it, but I just <laughs> think it, it, like, I just remember, like, hot damn, when I saw that movie, because I was like, oh my God, this is saying 
so much about our culture. And I don't think people are going to even realize it. And sure enough, they didn't at the time. And now they are because it's so much of what our society is about these days. Um, and I, there's just such an attention to detail that I think that went into it in terms of like how it subtly deconstructs the first three movies in a lot of ways. Um, and I like the killer reveal. I love Jill, you know, going bananas at the end, yeah, throwing herself through coffee tables. <laughs> um, I hate the epilogue. I hate the the, ho- the hospital scene, but I can live with it. Sure. Um, it doesn't it doesn't deter my enjoyment of everything else. Um, but I love it. I really do. Yeah. And to uh, and to put it above Scream Two, I was really shocked. I was like, no, this is kind of where I'm at with it. Uh, I I admire that. Yeah, um, my... I was. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, what's I was gonna say? What's your, I was gonna say? Uh, so now we're now we're done with my we're, we're done with my five. What's yours? But you were gonna say it. I interrupted because I'm a jerk. No, it's okay. My we already talked about it. It's the people under the stairs. Okay. Yeah, I like I... what you put at number five though. Yeah, I think it's so easy to like go to the, his franchise movies, which is clearly what I've done. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. It's, uh... <laughs> okay, so yeah, I think I know we are four through one actually. Um, yeah, I just like I said, I just think it's one of his most purely purely entertaining, while also being one of his kind of more idea based movies, and uh, I just love it. I get it. I get yep. it. Um, yeah, my number four is Serpent in the Rainbow. Okay, that's what I figured. Yeah, it's just. God damn, that movie is like amazing. Um, <laughs> and the soundtrack, yeah. So yeah, that's where my number four is. Um, what's your number four? My four is actually The Hills Have Eyes, which oh, is whoa. partly, yeah, it's partly like, I think it's partially inspired by wanting to represent some of his like OG work. And, and also from that viewing when we did it for our show, like I just, it really kind of shot up in my estimation because I was always a remake guy and I watched it and I was like no 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 this is a kind of a quantum leap from Last House on the Left to The Hills Have Eyes in terms of mastery of his craft um, you could tell he just worked some stuff out the first time around and knew how to do it better the second time and uh, I just think it's such an effective horror movie that's awesome Will yep. his will his next leap maybe be his leap home? You said quantum leap, so yes, just, okay, quantum Gosh, leap. Joke. How did I not get that? I don't know. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, I have, I have a feeling there's going to be some symmetry in three, two, one here. Yeah, I kind of expect so. Um. Yeah. So my number three is New Nightmare. Mine as well. Okay. Um, because, you know, it beyond the fact that it's amazing and it rules, um, it's just, it was so, in, it's such an instant, like a couple months ago, I watched Freddy's Dead and then I watched New Nightmare and talk about like <laughs> a juxtaposition of yeah, movies yeah. and you're like, oh, like it, like honestly, and I mean, no disrespect to Rachel Calloway, like, but like New Nightmare like destroys Freddy's Dead. I'm sorry. It just does. I know people are nostalgic for Freddy's Dead. It was a lot of folks' like first 
Freddy Krueger movie in a theater. Um, but you compare those two. Oof, no, thank you. Sorry. Um, it, it, it probably is, to me, the second best nightmare movie. Yeah. And I say that where, like, on any given day, three or new nightmare could be my number two in the nightmare series. Um, I love Dream Master too, but I think there's a little bit of a slip in terms of the execution. It's still amazing, and it probably has the best soundtrack out of the entire series. <laughs> um, but yeah, New Nightmare for me is like I love it so much. And again, it's one of those movies now that we're almost thirty years removed from it. My God, where does time go? <laughs> um, it's really cool to see people who previously kind of wrote it off coming around on it because that is a movie that people really didn't respond to at the time still were kind of luke have been lukewarm on it for years and i see way more people appreciating it now and that's been really fun yeah for sure it's you know it makes freddy krueger scary again it's full of cool ideas i think it has a great heather langenkamp performance um it's it's we, definitely we quoted I was going to say we quoted a lot in our house too because Brian likes to run around and say like I got some gingerbread for you. <laughs> it's definitely <laughs> my second favorite Elm Street movie. Yeah, it's it's mine too. Like I just I love three. Three was my first seeing on a big screen because I saw it at the drive-in in West Virginia when we were on vacation that year. Um, because their drive-in had just opened and they put Dream Warriors on there. Um, so that was like my first nightmare on a big screen, and. Like, if New Nightmare didn't exist, then yeah, that would be my ultimate second favorite. But, like, there's just something about the chances that Wes took with this movie mm-hmm. at the time that he took them. Um, and considering where the franchise was at this point, like, how do you even make a sequel when you literally just said Freddy's Dead, the final nightmare? Right. Um, and Wes is like, hold up, I've got an idea. And, you know, it's a precursor for, I'm guessing, a movie that's a little higher on both of our lists. Um, so yeah, like, it's just, it's, it's one of my very favorite nineties horror movies ever. And it's one of my very favorites from Wes and of the franchise. It rules. It's just, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my top two are both just masterpieces and I honestly don't know which way you're going to go. Uh, my two is scream. My two is scream also. And honestly, at any given day they could flip. But I have a reason why I did my ranking the way I did it. But um, I'm curious about your ranking for Screaming. No, I, I just, my number one is obviously Nightmare on Elm Street. It's literally yes. my favorite horror movie of all time. So how could anything else be my number one? But Scream is a masterpiece. It's like pretty much as good as slashers get. Yeah, it's it's tough because I think for me, like Nightmare on Elm Street changed me, like changed my DNA as a kid watching movies. Like, Scream changed me in different ways, but, like, Nightmare on Elm Street was, like, it for me. Like, that was, I think, like, I liked horror movies when I was a kid. When I watched Nightmare on Elm Street, like, I loved horror movies. I yeah. loved that feeling. Yeah. Um, I loved thinking something was going to come out of the wall and get me. I don't know why, because we- I was a weird <laughs> kid, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, and honestly, like, we wouldn't even be doing this podcast, Patrick, if there was no Nightmare on Elm Street. That is absolutely because- true. That is literally the movie that bonded us as kids. That's right. So like, it's, it's, it's like all those reasons. Like how could I put anything above Nightmare on Elm Street? Right. Um, like, do I think on a technical level scream is quote unquote better made? 
probably because I would there's agree polished with that. Yeah. it. Yeah. It's a bigger budget. You know yeah. what I mean? It's got bigger yeah. set pieces, but there is just something about the power of the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Because again, because I, I that was one of the movies that I wrote about for the In Search of Darkness book, and like. I probably watched it like 10 times while working on that chapter. This is why it's <laughs> taking me so much longer to write my chapters than you. Um, but there is just such a power. Like that opening is so unsettling. Yeah. Like still, like the lamps, like noises and like this Tina walking around in her white nightgown in this really gritty, dark, dingy place with confusion and like this, just the, it's it's just like what the hell is this movie um and the fact that like it just became this huge juggernaut is like a miracle in so many ways when you think about the how that movie got made you know the fact that like the first i don't know if it was if dream master was still independent but like the fact that the first three nightmares were all independently released and produced movies Mm -hmm. like is mind blowing and that they would like come along and like change the landscape in so many different ways. Like, you know, I, I love scream. I, that to me, like, I mean, I moved my finals for college because Nev Campbell was making (laughs) a movie with Wes Craven. um, And I knew I had to be there. And that to me, I think gave me new perspectives into the horror genre going in like through the nineties um and changed me in different ways but like i wouldn't be a horror fan i don't think if it would wasn't for nightmare on the street yeah i would agree with that it's this is i I think it was the first might have been the first like r-rated horror movie i ever saw like the first true horror movie i ever saw without my parents permission uh because i grew up on like universal stuff but then seeing freddy krueger flipped a switch inside me and uh I still just think it's the most imaginative, most creative, most effective horror movie ever made. And that's not to say that Scream isn't brilliant in its own way. And as you said, uh, same as I said about Red Eye, like you watch Scream and you just really appreciate Wes Craven as a technician in a way that he doesn't often get credit for. We tend to like point to Carpenter as the guy who's like the masterful technician, but man, Wes Craven could give him a run for his money. And when he's firing on all cylinders, like he is in scream, there's something about even the sort of crudity of nightmare on Elm street that I find effective that if it were more polished, maybe it wouldn't work as well. That's where you get the remake. Oh, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. it's like, you know, so it, it you have it's like the fact that that movie exists at the time that it did, and the fact that like his approach to it, um, and then it just it feels like it feel like when you're done watching that movie, or at least when I was a kid, like you feel like Freddie's watching you because he yeah. could be anywhere. Like, yeah. yeah, he's in your dreams, but he's like everywhere in that movie. Yeah, And you just, it's, it's so, it messes with you in such an unusual way that like horror back then wasn't. Cause I actually watched it as a double feature the first time at my babysitter's house. And the first movie I watched was children of the corn, which, oh, oh wow. yeah. yeah, you know, which was a like for me as a kid was actually pretty scary as an adult and eh, not so much. Um, <laughs> and then I speaking of, speaking of chapters, I had to write about movies I don't love, by the way. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh no, it's um, fine. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Totally um, fine. Also, Peter Berg, right? Was that Peter Berg? No, Peter. Horton. No, no, Peter Horton, the other Peter. Sorry, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I get all my Peters mixed up. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and it's just, but it's like you know, Children of Corn, brightly lit, crazy weird effects, like, and then here comes Nightmare on Elm Street, and everything is dark and it's gritty and it's like it's in suburbia. Like I'm never gonna go to some weird old religious town in the middle of cornfields, but like. Freddy Cougar could be in my bushes outside my house. Oh shit. Like <laughs> that's real. Like it's like this weird mix of fantasy and realism in a way that I just hadn't experienced. So I had, I had a feeling we were going to have some, some, some overlap there on the, uh, the finals. Yeah. Well, we, we matched on five of 23, which isn't bad. No, that's, that's about, that's about what I expected. <laughs> Our top three. <laughs> are the same our top tens are like not too, too dissimilar um yeah they're, they're there's mostly interchangeable yeah right but we're very lucky to have this filmography we're very lucky to have Wes craven and we're very lucky to have everybody who has listened to this show for 24 episodes so thank you everybody who's given us a chance and who has uh sat through our many digressions about pizza and pizza and everything else. <laughs> um, I would really be curious to see if like, because um, I know you people actually like comment on your sites, um, which is so, so, so unusual. Um, <laughs> I would love to see what other, pe- how other people's rankings are. Yeah. Because like, are we just being basic bitches by putting like Nightmare and Scream in our one and two? Like, is there somebody out there who is going to put like Red Eye as their number one? Like, I'm just curious if like, if we're just, if we played it too safe, or if we're kind of like par for the court, like, I'm just right. curious, like if how other people rank it. So if you're listening and you've been listening since the beginning, I'd love to read other people's rankings. Honestly, yeah. I, love I think that'd idea. be really fascinating. I want to meet the person who's going to put screen for it. Number one, that's the person I want to meet because if you do that, <laughs> we are, we are officially best friends, whether you like it or not. I love this idea and I hope people do it. I um, do too. Cause I would, I really am curious. And uh, and we are going to come back with another series, correct? I believe we are. Yeah. I finally, finally nagged you long enough to do it. So, yay. I was always on board with it. Well, it's like, it's funny because somebody else came up with the idea of Dante Aldente. Uh, Dante Aldente. Al yeah. Easy for me to say. Yeah. So, good luck saying that a bunch. But I feel like hanging with, with Toby Hooper really really needs to be next because like i think it's time that we assert your dominance patrick in the realm (laughs) of toby hooper i am not comfortable with that at all i am i (laughs) am actually so i feel like this is this is a necessary thing that needs to happen so yes now we have to come up with like a really we have to come up with a logo oh it's a whole thing it's a whole thing it is, but I'm excited because there's there's actually like, I mean, I have Toby Hooper movies that I watch like a lot. Yeah. Um, but there, I have quite a few blind spots, so I'm really excited for that. Oh, cool! Yeah, that'll be awesome for you to see some of these for the first time then. Yeah, I and I think that'll be really fun because it'll be, I'll be interested to kind of compare it to the things that like I can pretty much talk religiously about in right. terms of Toby. Right. Um. You know, like I felt really bad taking Poltergeist from you for the book, but oh, it's okay. But there's also no re- no way I was not going to write about Poltergeist. Yeah, no, I'm I was. <laughs> I was not upset at all. I felt so bad. I was like, "Don't worry, I'll give you the sequel." <laughs> <laughs> well, that I was upset about because <laughs> uh, I, like, I, 
I'm approaching Poltergeist play? 3, and it turns out mm-hmm. I said everything I needed to say in the Poltergeist 2 chapter. No, I actually like Poltergeist oh. 3. It's, I mean, here's the thing, though. There's a lot of really cool effects in that movie. Yeah, yeah. And I could talk so about nothing else, Sherman. And it, yeah, it, yeah, he seems like a really good guy. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And it's a Chicago movie. You're Chicago. Like, oh, you right. Know, have a little right. Yeah, good yeah. point. Yeah. So, you know, I didn't figure it was going to be all bad. But, no. um, but yeah, I, this was... You know, I know we did this because it was like pandemic times and like, what the hell else are we going to do? And I know we had to like take a few lapses here and there because of like schedules and other things going on. Um, but like, there's nobody else in the world, Patrick, that I would have wanted to crave Craven with than you. Same right back at you, HBFF. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, we should probably uh, start figuring out hanging with Toby Hooper soon because, yeah. I think that's that's definitely uh that definitely needs to happen. All right, we'll make it happen. Uh thank you everybody for listening on behalf of my Craven Craven co-host. Uh thank you very much. This has been a blast. We hope you have enjoyed it and we will be back maybe in a month, maybe in two with a new series celebrating the work of Mr. Toby Hooper. Thanks everybody. <laughs>